0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Chronic Illness podcast. My name is Dr. Brian Reid, and I'm a naturopathic doctor and I am joined today by Dr. Jaban Moore. Uh, Dr. Moore is a chiropractor um, based out of the US of A and I am excited to chat with him today. Um, he has uh, a lot of really um uh, complex chronic illness related topics um, on his uh, social media um, he posts regularly on Instagram uh, maybe on other platforms I'm not sure we'll find out tell ask him where else he, he posts if anywhere um, but he has posts about uh, mold toxicity uh dysbiosis um, including parasites and other type of uh antimicrobial um, imbalances uh posts um, a fair bit about pans and pandas which I like to pick his brain about because uh, there's not I mean there's a bunch of us out there that work with patients with pans and pandas but it's certainly not the most uh you know common condition that uh, we, that folks ne- clinicians necessarily work with um and a bunch of other um great uh, great content so I'm excited to pick his brain about all things related to complex chronic illnesses um just before jumping into the interview and bringing Dr Moore into the into the conversation I just want to invite you if you haven't already to please consider signing up for my newsletter um, there's a link to sign up in the description of this below um, or in the show notes depending on in which way uh, place you're accessing this podcast episode and uh, by joining my newsletter later, you get complimentary access to the first two uh, modules of my Overcoming Chronic Illness course. It's a course that I designed to help patients or their family members or caregivers help to better navigate the waters of complex chronic illness. Um, The first module is the general introduction to the course. The second one is all about a very important topic, one that's very dear to my heart, which is mitochondrial dysfunction. Um, And then the remaining modules of the course cover things like chronic infections, like with Lyme or co-infections, mold illness, heavy metals, histamine issues, dysbiosis issues, et cetera, et cetera. So, a lot of content in there. So I'm getting a little um, uh, notification here that Dr. Moore has entered the waiting room of the Zoom call. So um, I'll leave it there. But again, please uh, consider signing up for the newsletter if you're so inclined. And I'm going to pause the video for one quick sec, and I'll bring be back in one moment with Dr. Moore. All right. So we're back and I'm now joined by Dr. Moore. So Dr. Moore, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I've got a bunch of questions I'm looking forward to asking you. Um, And uh, just before we jump into those, if you wouldn't mind just giving listeners a quick overview about um, who you are, where you practice and um, sort of how your practice might uh, relate to folks suffering from complex chronic illnesses.
1: Yeah, I'm Dr. Javen Moore down here in Kansas City, Missouri, and I I work virtually with, with people all around the world for complex chronic illness. I started this journey with Lyme disease myself. Uh, when I was 25, my body just started shutting down. Didn't know why. And after going from doctor to doctor to doctor, it was just like, no answers were being given. And uh, I mean, it was it was a, a, a tough time in my life because I was a former American athlete. I looked really healthy and very fit, but felt awful. So I know a lot of people can relate with that especially in, in this type of of, of communication podcast and information um it was it was a, a difficult time and after finally finding the right doctor after Western medicine and then functional medicine and then you know all the alternative doctors that I kept trying to figure an answer out, I started to get some progress back to, to health and then once I got into practice, that's the mission is get people well. And the funny thing is, is at first it was Lyme and then you added parasites and then mold and the nervous system. And, and you just go down this, this journey of, of learning all about all these things. And now it's just like, okay, well, I got a smorgasbord and we're going to figure out what possible complications there, are, or you're going to teach me a new one and we're going to figure this out.
0: Uh, and, and that, sorry, that was your experience or that that's the experience with patients or, or both?
1: That's both. I mean, yeah. I said mine was Lyme and hell. And Yes. All these other little pieces, but then my journey of being a doc has been every time I think I've figured out the next thing, the the, the new sicker person walks in.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a it's an ever uh, humbling experience working with this patient population. But uh, yeah, we keep at it and learn more and help more and more people. So it's that's the name of the game. Um, is it alright if I ask you a couple of uh, questions just about your own healing journey? Uh, not, not not getting into anything too personal. I hope, but uh, do you mind if I ask you a couple of quick questions about that? Of course. Um, And uh, just before I jump into those questions, um, just as a reminder with um, all episodes of the Overcoming Chronic Illness podcast, uh, nothing that we're talking about should be construed as medical advice. This is for informational purposes only. If you need medical advice, please talk to your healthcare provider to get that advice. Um, Would you mind sharing just a few of the um, maybe bullet points of the things that were the most helpful for you in your own healing journey?
1: Yeah, so I uh, drove from Kansas City to Wisconsin, met up with a guy who had specialized into Lyme disease. And he primarily used two things, which one was uh, frequency-specific technique, so microcurrent mm-hmm. uh, for using different frequencies of electricity to help your immune system to deal with and handle the infections, and then combining that with uh, specific tinctures. So he had some products called Detox 1 through 5 that he had formulated that he felt would help be very helpful with things like Lyme disease, Bartonella, Babesia. And between those two things, I started seeing some really significant improvement. It did take a while, so it wasn't fast, right? So it's it was over several months. Um, but I was seeing pr- I was seeing progress, and he was a muscle tester, so he muscle tested out how much and what wouldn't give me a herx and what to support with. Those are the basics. Was uh, uh Alan Lindsley was his name, and he was able to get me headed in the right direction. That's
0: awesome, and and just curious, like with those detox one through five tinctures, um, did were you uh, privy to what was in them, or were they kind of mystery uh, mystery formulas?
1: No, there was a lot of great things in there. So some of them had uh, wormwood, Japanese knotweed, um black walnut. So the standard things that we know about that we hear about very often. Uh, just he would actually make them in his home had a pressure cooker and would pressure cook it into a tincture right. and and it worked
0: fantastic yeah we're, we're i'm pretty spoiled here we actually have like a tincture brewing operation in my clinic uh, my staff uh, makes tinctures on site like we uh, buy the raw herbs we don't we don't grow them ourselves but we order them in and uh brew, you know uh, stew them in the alcohol here and we have a tincture press in the back so yeah it's uh it's it's quite i don't know it's nice to be as connected to the medicine we're prescribing as possible, I suppose, and gives us a lot of flexibility. So that's, that's great that he was doing something like that too. Um, so, um, as far as your own practice goes, um, are, cause I, I've, i again, kind of looking at your social media, seeing a lot of things you talk about. Um, I, I don't recall seeing any posts like about like tinctures and herbs and things like that. So would you mind uh, just speaking to like, to what extent to those, uh, remedies play, uh, or the, those, treatment, does that type of treatment method play into your protocols? Like if you have a patient who's dealing with, you know, Borrelia, Bartonella, Babesia, whatever it is, like, um, are tinctures kind of a, a central point of like getting at them, getting at those microbes using those antimicrobials? Or are they, uh, yeah, how, how important are tinctures in your practice? I, I guess I'll leave it there.
1: You know, the way that I practice, I, I've i kind of come up with a, a roadmap that has allowed me to make sure that I'm not missing things. And the start of my roadmap is not the tinctures and the herbs. The start of my roadmap is, of course, the history and everything. We need to get that in. But it's making sure you live in a place that's safe. And this starts with, are you living in mold toxicity? Are you drinking clean water? Are you using hygiene products and cleaning products in your home that are healthy and non-toxic? And then are you eating clean food, right? So that's the beginning, that's safe place. So once you live in a safe place, which also includes the people in your environment that are not stressing you out, um, we call those in my clinic, sometimes parasites. Uh, we, we need to make sure that the environment is safe. That's pillar one. Pillar two goes down into, do you feel safe in your environment? So there's people that have a great home, great house, do all the things right, but they're really anxious. Their shoulders are always up to their ears. They're just don't feel safe as, as a basic statement of, where they're at. And then we've called a lot of different things where you're irritable all the time, or you're stuck in fight or flight, or you're anxious, or you're worried a lot, you know, or even sometimes OCD can go back to, you want things a specific way because you can't handle them out of that, that specific setting. So if I notice those kinds of symptoms, then I'm going, okay, we need to work on feeling safe. So we go into the limbic retraining, somatic, neurofeedback, Neuro NET, which is neuroemotional technique, we, we go into that area so we can help your body to come out of the state of fight or flight, because if you're stuck there, you're not going to be in a state where your body wants to rest, digest, heal, and recover, because fight or flight is survival. So it's the opposite of trying to recover. That When those two things are approached, first then I can get into what I like to do, which is actually the detox work and get into a lot of the fun stuff with the tinctures and the herbs, which then is pillar three. And that's where that comes in for me. And my first thing is make sure that we test for and identify any deficiencies, whether that be in your ability to methylate your basic minerals and then getting enough food in, right? So I, I do supplement in things sometimes to support those roles Then I go into making sure that your body has a Capacity to be able to remove toxins when we decide to start trying, because too many of my clients come in and somebody tried to go and throw heavy duty herbs and tinctures at them to kill, and it's too soon, and now they have side effects, and it either scares them from doing it again, or it causes them to feel a significantly amount worse. I mean, having a little bit of a flare up when you go into do some detox work is kind of normal, just a little bit, because mobilizing molds or metals or or toxins or going after Lyme can cause some immune response. It's it's normal to have what I call 10 or 15% increased inflammatory reactions in the body when you're doing that. If it goes above that, I'm like, hey, we need to go a different direction. We need to support you in a different way. Um, but then, then when we're ready to do the tinctures, that's when I bring the tinctures in after everything I just said, which I you know is a, a mouthful.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we got to treat folks comprehensively. And that's a very comprehensive approach. I'm just curious, say with pillar one and number two, which, you know, sounds like there's, you know, maybe, maybe something, a little bit of overlap to the point where they can maybe work on both of those pillars simultaneously to, to, to some extent, I'm assuming. Um, is it the type of thing where you want pillar two and pillar one and pillar two kind of solidly in place before moving on to pillar three? Or is it kind of a bit of a gradient where it's like, okay, we've got the ball rolling with pillar one and pillar two, we can start, you know, phasing into pillar three or what? what's the kind of timeline like with uh, phasing in those various pillars?
1: You know, it's it's so individualized, but I'm going to do my best to to talk through this. If you live in a house that comes back and I use a lot of different testing for a home, but let's say an ERMI test, which is accessible to everyone and pretty easy to get. Uh, it's a dust sample collection. If you're on there and it is just horrible and I'm looking at it going, man, there's there's a lot going on here. I'm probably not going to start Pillar 3 very quickly. We'll, we'll help you to get nutrients in that you're missing. We'll help you to support detoxification, but I'm not actually going to go after the antimicrobial side of things if you're living in a really toxic home. But if you have a little bit of mold in your house that we're working on and, and we're doing some work on, um, absolutely pillar one and two should be done concurrently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, pillar three, which is maybe now that I'm talking, I'm like, all right, I'm going to split pillar three into all the stuff you got to start with. And then the antimicrobial, and detox is going to be pillar four. Mm-hmm. So it, right here, right now, I'm changing the way my notes are going to look. <laughs> um So you could do pillar one, two, and three together at the same time. Pillar four Mm -hmm. is the one we got to wait on, which is actually giving the black walnut or the wormwood or those sorts of things. Once you've gotten one, two, and three locked in, at least moving in the right direction. We know that we're headed toward the healing process there. Sometimes you have to bring in four. That's something I was talking to someone yesterday. They're really advocate. They're strongly advocating for their own health by clean home, working on the nervous system, doing the detox supplements. But every time I ask them to do an antimicrobial because they know that it might flare them up and they're, they don't feel safe in themselves. They don't want to go there. And I'm like, I get it. You feel terrible. You don't want to feel any worse. I I understand. And that's okay. However, if you have Lyme disease and mold and parasites in your body, they keep you in fight or flight, which keeps you not feeling safe. Mm -hmm. And if you don't address them you're going to stay not feeling safe well if you address feeling safe it just goes back and forth you you can't move forward if you're not doing both the mental health work and the detox work to get yourself out of fight or flight you have to do both and she eventually was like okay i get it we do have to move forward there is a risk of side effect Um, But we're going to go nice and slow. We're going to go at the pace that that she's comfortable with, but we have to move forward um, because at some point, those infections are causing some of that mast cell, chronic inflammatory response, anxiety, survival mode. Mm
0: -hmm. As far as uh, you mentioned um, amygdala dysfunction or amygdala retraining, um, is there a preferred method that you recommend to folks um, for helping with their amygdalas?
1: My favorite two things for the mental health piece, the, the nervous system, what I call survival mode, uh, number one is Primal Trust because it's a at-home program that you can sign up for that is month to month, and you just get a course and a community to go learn and work on your body through somatic, vagus, and um, limbic retraining, and it, it's all in a format that most of my clients love. Mm -hmm. Um, I've I've done a lot of those types of programs online with my clients, and this is the one that I get raving reviews from. Hmm. And then I combine that with, because they're different, they're both working on nervous system, but primal trust is an active care, meaning it's like physical therapy. You have to go do it every day. And over time, it's going to help you to recover. Neurofeedback is another tool that I use within my own clinic. And I have people that have traveled all from all around the country, um, To see me to do this because I do it in a very unique way. I do neurofeedback in 10 sessions in five days. So you do one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And it's the one that we're using and the way that we're using it is to specifically go after the amygdala and bring it out of that protection state that it's in from all the trauma you've been through. And I know everybody listens like, well, You know, you either know you've been through trauma or you're like, I don't have trauma. So this isn't for me. Actually, anybody that's listening to this podcast, anybody that's been through complex chronic illness, you have what I call immune PTSD. Subconsciously, your body is stuck in fight or flight, most likely, and not 100%, but I'd say 99.9% are stuck there. And I mean, I was just off the call with a medical doctor who's been stuck for 10 years in this state. He's like, I've done all the stuff. I've taken every medication. I've done every herb. I've done every test. And I go, have you done mental health work? He's like, well, I've gone and done uh, energetic releases. I go, but have you done the work that is every day to bring down the trauma for your immune system? He's like, well, no. Let's do that. It's new. And for a lot of my clients that are in that same kind of, they've tried it all and they come in and then we add that at the same time that we're doing the other pillars, including the antimicrobials. That's when we break the chain. That's when we finally get that thing, that symptomatic profile to start to break is when you can do mental health and detox while living in a safe place. When you can do all those together, that's been the key that's unlocked the chronic illness paradigm for me.
0: That's fantastic. And uh, I hope folks are paying attention. If you uh, were multitasking during the last uh, 30 seconds of this conversation, please go back and listen to that. Um, and I have to say that um, several of the other uh, very brilliant docs that I have um, interviewed so far like, have said things not exactly the same way, but like just bringing in that mental health piece being so important. And I really like how you're emphasizing the the safety aspect of things too. I haven't, I mean, I've heard folks say the same type of thing in different words, but it's a really good, you know, sort of succinct way to look at it. So I, I, I agree. I think that's really, really important. Um, would you be able to just um, elaborate a little bit more on like how you're using kind of your specific neural, uh, neurofeedback, uh, methodology. Like, it sounds like it's an intensive process with, you know, two sessions a day for five days in a row. But, um, would you mind just speaking a little bit to like what the actual, um, treatment experience is like, just in case folks listening are thinking, man, I'd, I'd like to take a trip to Kansas and talk to Dr. Moore.
1: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to joke with you for a moment. Um, Kansas city is in Missouri so <laughs>
0: oh sorry sorry yeah there's my Canadian ignorance uh, coming to you there my you know, my apologies my apologies
1: you could be from any other place in the United States besides the border of Kansas and Missouri and you don't know that so I just like to give people a hard time because that's one of our you know one of those funny things from where, where I live anyway neurofeedback is sound light and color therapy so you come into my clinic you say hello to my staff you talk to them I've usually already created a protocol for you because a lot of my clients that are coming in are virtual. So we've already talked. We've already set up protocol. They come in, they do a brain map. We see what their brain looks like. But for this specific type of neurofeedback, we're not necessarily making a protocol based off the brain map. It's more based off of the trauma. More based off of the fight I'm or flight. Sorry,
0: sorry to interrupt, Doctor Moore. Uh, would you mind just, uh, for listeners, uh, just uh, giving a quick definition of what a brain map is?
1: Yeah. So we look hook up a, a big hat on your head that has all these uh, spaces where they can read how the electricity is moving around in your brain. So your brain waves, what their patterning is, which can tell us if the energy is high or low in a certain area, can help us to determine, say, if it's in your frontal cortex, if you have high energy, you're probably going to be more in that um, anxiety, OCD, um, ruminating state, whereas if it's too low, you might be more in that depression state. So we're trying to understand how your electrical pattern of your brain is working. So once that's done, then we go ahead and we do our our 10 sessions based off of what we know about you, what we've created as a protocol. And they're about 30 minutes long, takes about 45 minutes total because we've got to set you up because we are hooking up sensors to your brain to make sure that the body and the brain are being responded to appropriately with the lights and the sound that you're going to hear. So the sound will go up or down uh, based off of your amygdala. So if your amygdala has too high of energy, then the sound that you're listening to will actually decline or the the lights will change based off of the high energy. Once, you, you, once your brain responds and brings down that energy, then you start to hear the sound more clearly. And the sound is actually, um, for a lot of the different types of neurofeedback that we can do, is uh, music that you prefer. So it's your favorite song, all of a sudden the sound cuts out, so your brain is like, whoa, wait a minute, what's happening? So then it, the energy comes back down, and the energy gets right, it gives you the sound back. You can try all your might to control that while you're listening, and, and it's not conscious, it's subconscious. So we're we're working on that subconscious and this specific type of neurofeedback. And the reason why we do it so quickly, so many sessions so fast, whereas the standard neurofeedback is like two sessions or one session a week for 30 or 40 sessions. We do it so quickly because of an accident that I had. I had a client come in that wanted to work on anxiety, traveled into town because she wanted to shake my hand after we'd been working together. And she's like, can I do this? I said, sure, we can can do that. I called the company and uh, made sure that it could still work. And they're like, yeah, it can work, but you know, that's just not how most people do it. Well, by doing the PTSD settings that quickly, we saw food allergies, sensitivities to supplements, sensitivities to chemicals in the environment. This person couldn't go out into the environment, go to like, you know, walk past those uh, fragrance stores without Mm -hmm. having really significant headaches and even almost like losing control of of her body. It cut by 50% in that week. Wow. Food allergies, Uh, one of my, same thing happened to that person, but another, one of my staff came in town from New Hampshire and she could only eat like seven or eight safe foods without having a reaction. She couldn't take any supplements. I mean, she would open up Lymph Active, which is a lymph supplement we use. And she tried a fourth and had a major reaction where she had fatigue and brain fog and pain and and, uh, anxiety flare. We did this with her and she went home. And on Monday after being done, Actually, Saturday for her. Um, on Monday, she added three new foods, took a full supplement. By the end of the week, she was taking four of the supplements she couldn't even take a quarter of, and she added like 17 foods. Wow. I was like, holy crap, this helps and works, and and we need to do this more. And now it's been a year of me doing this. I can't say everybody has the life-changing week that those two clients did. Mm-hmm. But Ten or twenty percent is usually fairly expected improvement with their nervous system symptoms. Mm-hmm. And I've seen sixty and seventy percent improvement.
0: Um, that's awesome. And for the folks who might only see like a ten to twenty percent improvement, like uh, I'm assuming some of those patients come back, do it again, and um, it, and if I'm correct, and that assumption after they say had another round of uh, ten sessions, like do you see a amplifying effect, or is ten to twenty percent kind of the max benefit for some folks?
1: So 10 to 20% from that specific device is probably about max that I'm going to get. Typically, I have had a couple of people who are able to come back and and see another five or 10%, but it's not the the massive changes, but I've really correlated that down to needing to do more of that homework with the primal trust, which is where that came into play for me. So uh, when I combined the two of those things, I really started seeing even better results but this is also what brought me to to that chicken or the egg conversation. Is it that let's just go with mold that's in your body or lime that's in your body is the problem and that caused the nervous system? Or did the nervous system get messed up and that is causing your body to be able to to not get better from the lime and the mold? I don't know. But I know that with those people that only got 20%, they couldn't take any supplements before because their body would react or they weren't getting better. They weren't seeing progress because their body was too stressed. Mm-hmm. That 10 and 20% now lets those supplements start to work. Well, then now we gain 10 or 20% from the supplements in the next couple months. Mm-hmm. And then they keep doing the primal trust so they start and they get what seems like 10 or 20% from that. Well, now we're like 60% better mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of time before we're well because we're, we're continuing to heal and support the body through whatever infections, traumas, toxins that are there. But we've got our feet on the ground all of a sudden. We've got to progress in a, a path forward. Whereas for a lot of these clients that are traveling in that are, honestly, I'll just say it, that are either desperate enough or have been sick long enough to prioritize you know, uprooting their life for a week, mm-hmm. that 10 or 20% changes the game for them. 60% is phenomenal and, and I'm high-fiving them and we're so excited. 10% is still awesome. Like if you go from you can't take a supplement or you've tried everything and never felt a change, the feeling a change, mm-hmm. 10% is all you need to get to just get your get hope that really moves you forward. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, And if I could paraphrase slightly, if I'm just to make sure I'm understanding correctly, so Um, even if there's not like a, you know, amazing, like, you know, high-fiving experience after the 10 sessions, um, at the very least a majority of patients, it would kind of unlock the door so that future therapies can be, um, more effective for them and they can kind of build on that progress. Is that, is that a fair synopsis? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody wants the golden ticket, the magic pill. Mm, Of course. Not that sometimes it's just the longer road, but if we can see some progress, Especially for those who've been in this journey for a long time, that is definitely opening up the door to the next phase. I always tell people it's like your healing journey. It's it's this has been said a million times. It's like the onion where you got to peel one layer at a time. If it was the trauma that was the layer that I had to peel off for ten percent, then maybe uh you know, Borelia is the next ten percent. Mm-hmm. I always I'm I'm a weightlifter, so I know this podcast. If you're not looking at me. I love lifting weights. I'm a 200 pound, 5'10 guy. So I I'm, I'm a little heavier. So just as my background before I I give this analogy. So I think of this as like weight training Mm -hmm. when you pile all these weights on a squat bar. So let's just say if I put 10 pounds on each side and I get it all the way up to 400 pounds, there's a whole lot of tens on there. Mm -hmm. You got to peel them off one at a time. And if it's on this bar, you can only peel off one at a time. You can't go to the, the one that's all the way to the inside. You can't do that. You got to peel the one off on the outside. So if you've done everything but nervous system and you haven't peeled that layer off, you can't get to the next one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with my clients, that's what I'm seeing is you just got to do it in the order their body wants. And it may be nervous system first. It may not be. But for the clients that I'm I'm recommending that device for, which is neurofeedback, that can be the thing.
0: Wow, that's great. It's a great analogy. So wonderful. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. I'm uh, really excited to hear about that. Do you mind um, sharing like what the, uh, just for any practitioners that might be listening or, or, uh, you know, folks out there that might be looking for a, a clinician who offers this, if they're not able to make it to Missouri to get to Kansas City, because that's where Kansas City is. Um, uh, would you mind sharing the the company that uh, makes the device that you use if if that's not uh, a proprietary?
1: Uh, it's not proprietary. Um, New Mind is the company that we're using.
0: Great. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks so much for sharing that, and I'm I'm excited to go poking around about that as well. I mean, I've I've um, heard. Uh, you know presentations at different conferences and whatnot around you know using neural feedback and it's always been one of those things where you're like ah oh, it's really cool but like just uh, as I'm, I'm assuming you could attest to like i'm sure it takes uh, some elbow grease and uh, investment and in infrastructure to kind of get it incorporated into one's practice so it, i haven't uh, haven't bit the bullet on that yet uh, unless i'm reading that all wrong is it uh, is, is it a bit of a process to get it set up in a in a clinic setting or is it uh, pretty pretty seamless
1: doing what I'm doing um, is very rudimentary compared to what neurofeedback can be. Okay, I use four protocols for specifically the chronic illness clients. Mm -hmm. That one week stay situation. Now, if you want to branch out and be able to serve ADHD and anxiety and depression and Mm. um, sleep and brain fog with specific brain maps that lead to protocols, that is a lot of training and understanding brain maps and doing proper protocols and Mm -hmm. setting up the 20 to 40 sessions which can be incredibly beneficial for people Mm -hmm. that's just not the community that i'm trying to service where i'm servicing local people for 10 or 20 weeks Mm -hmm. Uh, because i'm so virtual and and serving people around the world i've really niched mine into a very small usage purpose Mm -hmm. Uh, so neurofeedback can be a lot of things just like Functional medicine, you you could treat thyroid or optimized testosterone versus chronic illness. Mm -hmm. I'm using the machine in my way, which actually is fairly simple to bring in. Unfortunately, it doesn't cost any less to make it simple. (laughs) Uh, It it is Uh fairly expensive to purchase Mm -hmm. the device, but in my way, it's fairly fairly simple.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for the insight. Yeah. For folks listening, if your clinician offers any kind of like fancy tool, like you can guarantee they've made quite a sizable financial investment in that tool. We have so many toys in our clinic and man oh man yet. Yeah, uh, glad I don't have any hobbies. Um, you know, I lift some weights too, but that's, that's about it. So, um, and I'm just curious because uh, you mentioned uh, the FSM earlier. Again, for folks listening, frequency specific microcurrent. Um, and I, I've certainly heard, you know, a number of uh, other clinicians, like especially at um, you know uh, conferences where complex chronic illness is kind of the main main topic at hand, uh, talk about the benefits of FSM. Um, I'm just wondering, is that a tool that you use much um, with? Like, do you use it in your own practice? Given that you have such a, a virtual, um, you know, virtual uh, Uh, a large virtual practice. Do you use it in your own practice? And if so, um, how does that kind of interplay with uh, the neurofeedback and and, uh, say the limbic retraining and whatnot?
1: You know, I used to use it a lot more before I became so virtual. If you come to my clinic, I'm definitely happy to use it and excited to use it to support someone. Um, But it's not probably a mainstay in my clinic at this point. Mm -hmm. I've been able to figure out the appropriate herbal combinations and nervous system work that you can do at home to really create that virtual program that's successful. Um, But if you were coming to my clinic, I'm not going to not use it because it is it is helpful. It is a good tool. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, great. Um. And um, I'm, Well, I'm, I'm not sure if this is maybe on a slightly different topic than neurofeedback um, or not, but I, I just noticed that you uh, had some Instagram posts not too, too long ago about um, pans and pandas. And I was saying in the intro that I recorded before we started chatting, you know, not a, there's, I think a disproportionately small number of clinicians out there who actually focus on pans and pandas in their practice, um, probably a growing number, I hope, but maybe not as many out there as would treat, you know, lime and mold and whatnot um and i'm just wondering uh with pans and pandas um well i guess a do you use any neurofeedback in those um, cases and then the further larger question would be could you speak a bit to how you approach those uh actually uh, you had a post about how you approach those cases reduce the fire balance the immune system target the triggering causes which more pillars there um but would you be able to speak a bit to those different um, aspects of treatment um, um around pans and pandas
1: Yeah, so I'll just start off uh, with a super quick explanation. Pains Pandas is autoimmune encephalitis, which means that there is an immune response that triggers inflammation to the brain that leads these kids to developing really off-the-wall symptoms for some parents. It can be as minimal as the kid retracts a little bit from the, the personality that they had. Their handwriting may go away. They might get a little more anxious or have some separation anxiety. But it can go as far as chronic OCD, self-harm not eating um aggressive tendencies even where they black out their memory but become so aggressive that they're attacking and harming people so there's quite a spectrum with how bad it can get and it's because of this immune response so i uh i didn't ever mean to be working with people with that i started with lyme disease had a, a dad that got well from lyme who asked me if i could treat autism and I said, no. And he said, well, what'd you do for me? Do that. And I was like, all right. And I said, cause my answer was just reduce things that are interfering with normal function that bring inflammation. I'm like, all right, I can do that but don't know anything about autism. So had some success in the autism world, which then of course the PANS parent walks in that's got a PANS autistic child. Can you fix this? Nope, don't know what that is. Can you do what you did for that other kid? Sure, we can try that, had success. And then here I am now after seven or eight years of deep diving research. And I wanted to give that background because it helps you to understand the way that my brain works, which is, I don't look at a diagnosis name and say, yes, I treat this thing. I look at the physiological responses and what's going on and then create a plan for that individual person, which is why it's really hard for me to come up with these like, online course directions because I'm like every person's so individualized. Mm-hmm. So with pans, pandas, because we know it's an immune system problem, we have an autoimmune component. We have to make sure that we re- we do stage, stage one and two, right? Reduce the stress. So pillar one, you have to be in a place that's safe. 98% of the clients that I've worked with that have pans or pandas have a mold component. So I've done testing and it came out that only two of the kids out of hundred didn't deal with some kind of mold problem. Wow. So then I go, okay, well, we got to live in a safe place. And the second part was their body is just in fight or flight. They are absolutely just going haywire. That's the word I like to use with parents because I found that wasn't as offensive as anything else that I could have said, (laughs) like their bodies are just going haywire. So once we calm down the environment, then we get into the body and we got to make sure to do things like emotional freedom technique, which is tapping acupuncture points, using the uh, vibrant blue oil parasympathetic on the vagus nerve in the neck. So behind the ear, right by the mastoid, down the carotid artery, rubbing that oil on there, which starts to bring some calmness. We do things like breath work and meditation that you can learn from primal trust, but kids aren't going to do it on their own, especially like five-year-olds and six-year-olds. So the parent learns it and then... Does it with the kid, which by the way is, is a little secret that I do. I'm working on the parent at the same time as the kid because when the parents calm, the kids calm. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, parents, I am purposely getting you into a better state to make your kid healthier because it's important that you are able to respond in a good way when your kids have this over response and, and are are acting out. Mm-hmm. Because if you immediately go into a fight or flight state and yell and scream and get angry at your child who we don't want them to do whatever it is that they're doing but maybe they can't control it we have to be able to respond in a, in a helpful way and then that makes my job easier because now we're not escalating the immune response we're keeping it either at threshold or, or starting to bring it down by de-escalating it by doing the the breath work and and the eft and then at the same time that I'm doing those two things, I'm going in and we're using antihistamines, which I prefer to use herbal things like quercetin, stinging, nettle, uh, bromelain, uh, which is in a lot of the histamine products out there, DAO, uh, to bring down histamine response, which is triggered by the immune system. Uh, If those don't work, I do have medical providers in my office that we can prescribe uh, drugs, such as Zyrtec, bromelain, catatafin, singulair, which, in some cases are needed, or even LDN. Mm -hmm. Um, Because at times when you have a 15-year-old that's having a aggression flare and picking up a knife and chasing dad, we need to bring other tools in. Mm -hmm. Like It's it's not something where we can wait and be slow. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, once we get things calmed down and we're a little bit more stable, we make sure that Their minerals are balanced because if their potassium and sodium is low, they're going to be more in a cell danger response. So I do hair testing to find out where that is. Uh, Once we bring that back up, then we can get into the detox and the um, antimicrobial side of things because technically PANDAS is pediatric acute neuro onset of a psychiatric disorder triggered by strep. PANDAS is by any other trigger. Um, Again, I found mold to be in a lot of those cases. Mm -hmm. So it's never usually alone. These cases, usually there is a multitude of triggers that have caused the immune system to be in the state of shoot first, ask questions later. Mm -hmm. I give parents the analogy I go, you know, um, if this is, if you're on an Island and you're at the top of the Hill and you're being invaded and you're shooting toward the beach, you're not going to shoot at one thing. You're going to shoot at this onslaught of invasion. I think of, of movies or video games where these things are just rushing you, like you're just shooting toward them, not at one thing. It's your immune system when it's on overdrive. Mm-hmm. And that's why we get into situations where you are in cell danger response or you are in autoimmune attacks. Um, so as we've got all that calmed down to the best of our ability, that's when we go and we start using what I call like the the sniper. So we go after one thing at a time with minimal force to – create a reaction that will bring down that immune dysregulation. And we just intricately remove those triggers until the body now is no longer under so much stress that it can't identify the difference between your body and the problem. Mm -hmm. And once we get there, your body actually starts to take over the reins from us and clean itself out. So I've had so many times where I've got a kid coming in and they're, you know, we got to work on parasites. We got to work on bacteria. We do both of those. We see some stuff come out. But then I get to, to mycoplasma and they go through mold. And all of a sudden I start doing uh metal toxicity and all we're doing is using glutathione or C60 or, or something like that. And all of a sudden parasites just start flooding out. Parasite what's happening. We knew to have a parasite cleanse. I'm like, no, we just removed their food. Your child's immune system is now taking over. Mm-hmm. Give your kid a high five and let's just uh, hang on and, and make sure that we support them through this ride and they're going to get better. And Yeah, there's the long winded way of of what pandas is and how I work with
0: it. It's an awesome explanation. Um, And uh, I have a few questions for you, um, dovetailing on some of the things you said uh, just before that, though. It's just the, the intro into it, how you kind of like were whisked into the world of autism and pandas, pans, like. Basically the same story with me, and I, I'm sure there's other practitioners out there too. We just got to get get dragged into it, but once you get in there, it's uh, yeah, obviously very rewarding and so important to do that work. So just just funny how uh, experiences can parallel uh, those of others. um uh, One question I have for you, and I I'm not sure if this is uh, a fact or something you use when you're working with mold uh, toxicity, like outside of. know remediating or or removing oneself from the moldy environment. Um, Do you use any nasal sprays or recommend any nasal sprays for folks like to treat um, sinus colonization, whether it's mold colonization or marcons or anything like that?
1: I definitely do. I don't usually start there because I don't want to create more inflammation and pain, especially in kids. Um, Adults, I'm a little bit more aggressive with because I can say, hey, this is going to burn. Start slow you know, just expect that a little bit. And then an adult can be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, kids don't necessarily fully understand this is going to hurt and just you understand that. And PANS kids, when pain comes in, it can trigger that flare emotionally mm-hmm. that then leads to more PANS flare ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, which then slows down our progress. But the answer is yes. I mean, I, I use a multitude of things. I've seen X clear. I have i don't tend to use the medication versions. Um, I do like to use neti pots or Navages and put in there things like uh, Carboxy, which is a mold binder. I'll use herbal tinctures uh, that include black walnut and some of those tinctures like Para-3. Um, and I just use minimal amounts uh, while we're using the neti pot of the Navage um, to clean out the sinuses. And I've seen some really good results there. That's usually on down the line for me. I want to really work on getting the internal body first before I go into the nasal cavity, because I want to get your immune system strong because the nasal cavity already is a place where we don't have a lot of control over it. So I know I've got to make sure that the microbiome inside out is being cleaned up so that we can really clean out the sinuses for me. Um, and then stabilize it from the inside out also. And then and then the outside um is, is usually the order that I tend to go, which has worked for me best. I don't necessarily think it's right or wrong to do it early on though. Sure. Okay.
0: So so for kids, um, you'd be thinking like more in line of like neti pots or like nasal lavages or maybe X clear, but not maybe more like caustic things like essential oil sprays or things like that.
1: I mean. Yes, I think those things are are probably my definite start point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have them a lot more stable. Mm-hmm. You know, para three, which is again the uh it's got a little alcohol in it, it's got a little uh black walnut, it can definitely burn quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't love going there with kids early on because I want to make sure that we're not gonna trigger any more flare-ups from stress because uh those listening, stress. Although some things are good, they're still stressful. So you can call them hermetic stresses, um, which is like weightlifting. You lift weights to tear down your muscles so that they grow back stronger. But when you're really sick, the recovery process is very difficult. So you may not grow back stronger very easily. So when your body exercises when you're sick, it may be not a hermetic stress, just a stress. It just identifies it as another problem. Mm-hmm. So when I'm working with people early on, oftentimes I'm pulling them off of the 40 supplements someone else had them on or the things that they accumulated from all the research through all the, the different uh, different places that they've done research on Facebook or so on. So I'm like, let's reduce all the things you're doing. Let's get very specific with what we're using in your body, because if anything is a stress from eating to nasal rinses to exercise to um, work. We have to choose the stressors that we want your body to allow and focus on because for instance your digestive tract if you're putting 40 supplements in there i'll just be straightforward with you you have a really expensive poop you're not absorbing all that stuff
0: mm-hmm. your
1: poop's expensive so let's get really particular with what we're putting in so that your body will absorb with focus on what we want it to bring in even if you know for instance i get people coming all the time with they're on vitamin d c e Uh, Omegas, uh, clch and i'm like those are all amazing however when you got 40 of them Mm -hmm. your body doesn't know what to do and it costs you a lot of energy to absorb it um so i know it's a long way of saying i'm really particular with what we do and i'm very much a minimalist because i want your body to be very focused on what i want it to do
0: yeah very very well said and yep I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, nothing stresses me out more than patients who are like, yeah, I'm on like a laundry basket full of stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, this is, yeah, this is not uh, the most efficient way to get to the finish line. Um, I, I know our time's starting to uh, wind down a bit here, Dr. Moore. And so I, I have a few uh, rapid fire questions for you, if you don't mind uh, just uh, dovetailing a bit on a couple of things that you mentioned up to this point, just a couple of things from some of your social media posts. So do you mind if I rapid fire a few at you? go for it. Okay, great. Um, so you mentioned uh, earlier in our chat that uh, in, in certain circumstances, you might do some uh, testing for the methylation cycle. And would you mind just elaborating on what type of testing that you're referring to for assessing methylation status?
1: You know, when somebody comes in, we do blood, oat and hair immediately. And the organic acid test, my favorite being GPL, mm-hmm. uh, which is now mosaic, mm-hmm. does a great job of giving me enough information to really understand the basics of where someone is. So it tests for Krebs cycle metabolites, uh, beta oxidation, which is your ability to break down fat. These are how you make energy in your body. It also does testing on a few other different acids that represent how you're processing several different B vitamins through urine. Um, and that gives me a good idea of where we're at. Uh, the last one on that test would be uracil, which is for folate and your absorption of folate. Mm-hmm. I combine that information with the blood test homocysteine and the hair test of cobalt. And that really gives me an idea of your absorbability of B vitamins. And then also within the Krebs cycle, how you're producing energy that doesn't cover the full spectrum of methylation. There's there's a lot of other things you can do, but between the combination of those things, I feel like I get a really good idea of how your body is functioning. And that leads me to being able to produce a pretty good protocol for you because Although I love labs, I also know labs are costly for clients, so I try to get the most out of the least, and it's been really good for me to uh, to use those tests.
0: Great. And um, another testing question, uh, you mentioned about testing a person for mold. I mentioned, you know, ERMI testing or other types for testing their environment, but um, are there, like, do you use urine mycotoxin testing or any other type of body test uh, for mold? And if so, uh, would you mind sharing what your favorite uh, company is to use for that test?
1: I do. So in a rare case, we'll do blood testing, VIP, MSH, C4A. Don't love doing that as much as I do actually like, just like I said earlier, the organic acid test, which does have several different markers within their infection portion mm-hmm. that was suggest mold. Mm-hmm. But after a few thousand clients, uh, I do actually look through the organic acid test a little differently. So yes, if you have ones that literally say aspergillus next to them, you probably got mold. But if you also have oxalate elevation, that's a tick for me to think mold possible. Mm -hmm. If you have more than two Krebs cycle metabolites or fatty acid oxidation metabolites together that are positive, you likely either have mold or radioactive elements in my experience. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have methylation toxic exposure marker positive um, on the GPL one, then you either have mold or radioactive elements. Um, If you have B5 toxic or B2 deficient on that test, you also likely could have mold toxicity. So any of those markers being off, especially if there's multiple of them, Mm -hmm. then it triggers me to go mold's a possibility. And that's when I'm going to start looking at your environment, or I'm going to run the mycotoxin test, which I do like GPLs, but I do find that Vibrant Americas has more options. They have 34 options, whereas GPL is 11. It does cost more. So it's a conversation with a client of, you know, does the cost, is it okay? And if yes, then I'm definitely going to go there. Also measures to a smaller particle size. So uh, vibrant mycotoxin, GPL oat are probably my two things that lead me down that path of is mold a possibility. Okay,
0: great. And uh, last testing question. Uh, just and we didn't uh, haven't got into it um, to any great extent yet. But uh, parasites, you posted about it a fair bit. You mentioned it a few times during our chat here. Um, is there a stool test or some other type of test that you find to be reliable or, or terribly useful when it comes to diagnosing parasites, or is it more of a clinical diagnosis process of elimination or the assumption everybody has parasites? Uh, could you could you speak to that, please?
1: You know, it comes down to a few things. One, stool sampling is not great. Mm-hmm. um it's just not worth the expense I didn't I did interview a doc one time for a summit that said you know I have four or five stool samples that I'll run on a client and it usually finds a parasite I'm like so you're spending like three or four grand yeah to um, to do stool sampling and I go that's just not worth it for me mm-hmm. um so then it comes back to clinical diagnosis looking at eosinophils which is a type of white blood cell when elevated over five triggers me to think potential parasite. And then just realizing if you're dealing with mold toxicity or radioactive elements, both of those things significantly suppress your immune system. By suppressing your immune system at that point, I'm going to be under the assumption that until proven wrong, you have out of balance microbes in your body to include parasites, candida yeast, and bacteria. So if you have mold toxicity, you're going to have at least some of those other things. I'm going to go ahead and do a protocol, which is going to cost you. I don't know, hundred bucks to do a parasite protocol mm-hmm. versus three thousand to run all those labs. Most clients are like, you know what? I'll spend a month and hundred bucks versus running all those labs in a month anyway. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for the labs to come back. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, do you mind sharing? Uh that makes lots of sense. And I again similar sentiments uh that I, I would say very similar answer. Um, so um, in terms of an anti-parasite protocol, um, would you mind sharing what uh, some of the tools are that you use in that regard for, say, the, the $100 special, uh, how, what, what's incorporated in that, uh, not getting into doses or anything, uh, but uh, just wondering what uh, kind of agents you use?
1: Yeah, so I use, uh, usually it's going to be two rounds of about 30 days uh, mm-hmm. when I get into parasites, depending upon the person. So if you're pretty sensitive, we might have to do a third round just because I have to start very low with a 30-day protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I really like Cellcourse products pair one, two, three, 1, 2, 3, and 4. I also like Brian Wright's product AP. Mm -hmm. And I like Barlow Herbals, um, Tinctures that are Vermisette and Clarkia. And to say out what some of the herbs are, another blue Tinsy, Oregano, Clove, Black Walnut, Wormwood, uh, Vidanga, Noni, and Neem are probably some of my favorite herbs by name. Mm -hmm. Um, And I use those in different combinations based off the person or the company's that put them together. Uh, a lot of times the Ayurvedic, uh, herbs in para two are a nice gentle start. Um, and that's just like the, uh, the Vidanga that I mentioned. And, um, then as we increase in strength, you go up into like the black walnuts, you're going to have a little bit more side effect often. Um, they seem to be a little bit more inflammatory when they go after the infections. And then as I get into noni. Um, noni can be, very side effect heavy. Um, I used to use Supreme Nutrition's uh, Noni Merenda, which was very powerful. It had phenomenal results, but the Perks or the die-off reactions were pretty incredible. So we had to be very slow and very supportive with uh, detox and drainers. So as I as I've learned how to to navigate that, I start with those gentle ones and kind of build up in strength. So mm-hmm. While the person's body gets stronger, they're going to have less reactions to the more uh, strong side effect supplements.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Well, um, Doctor Moore, I know our times uh, just whittling right down to just about at a close here. Um, just in the last few minutes that we have, um, would you mind uh, just sharing with listeners, um, uh, just how they can access you, uh, whether uh, maybe share uh, your website? I can post everything in the show notes uh, after the fact here, but um, yeah, uh, how they can book in with you to work with you virtually, in person, uh, what's your uh, social media, uh, best way to find you on social media, any online offerings you have, if you wouldn't mind uh, sharing that with listeners, please.
1: Yeah, if you want to find me, you just look up Dr. Jabin Moore. Um, my name is spelled J-A-B as and boy A-N. So Dr. Jabin Moore. Uh, I have an Instagram, Facebook, TikTok website all under that. So we have lots of resources, free information put out every single day. Because uh, that's the goal. It's just to educate so people have the opportunity to make an informed decision on their medical conditions. And we do have some offerings out there. Um, you can work with. Myself or my practitioners in my clinic that I've trained. We have five practitioners, um, but we also have courses that just can educate you on mold parasites, what to look for in your environment if you're stuck. If you if you just want to know where to start, we have offerings for all of those things uh, because not everybody wants to work with us; they just want education. So we we try to just fill that role because a doctor is supposed to be a teacher. I know you say that, so I completely agree. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, uh, the online courses I'm, I'm assuming they're through your website. They are. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Great. Well, uh, as mentioned, I'll post all those in the, uh, description below. If you're watching this on YouTube or in the uh, show notes, if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, um, thank you so much, Dr. Moore, for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, it was a great conversation. I, I wish we had maybe two or three more hours. Cause I have like all these questions I could have picked your brain on. Um, maybe someday down the road, if you have time, maybe we could chat again. Cause I'd love to pick your brain again in the future.
1: Well, I appreciate you having me here and and thanks for asking me all the questions so I can just continue to do my mission and help people.
0: Much appreciated. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, This concludes another episode of the Overcoming Chronic Illness podcast. Thanks for your attention and uh, stay tuned for the next one.